was here grandparent stuff. Good to see my old friend Rayford, who, who had some ups and downs, and just glad to see him here today, but glad to be back with you. We're in the sixth chapter of Mark's Gospel, I, and because it's Communion Sunday, I'm not going to read that whole story, but I'm going to read these first six verses. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Mary's son? And his, isn't Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't they here? Aren't his sisters with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's an interesting scripture for today, especially interesting for a preacher who is going back to a church where he grew up as a little boy. But this is what popped up on the lectionary this week. Most of you know, I'm not everybody, most of you know that this church came, its roots are in West United Methodist Church, which used to be down on West Northside Drive between Hanging Moss and Watkins. And when I was, first 10 years of my life, we lived on Liberty Hill Road. And uh, we could come to, uh, we came to Wesley. Uh, that's where I went to church. That's where I was baptized. That's where I was confirmed. That's where I uh, stayed a member, even after we moved kind of further on this side of town, and we went back to Wesley for a while, but then realized I could ride my bike to MYF at Christ Methodist, and that's where we ended up for our teenage years. But I have many fond memories of Wesley, and it's odd that the most enduring is of that big magnolia tree that is on the front lawn. It, it, was, it was a magnet to us children, you know. Uh, we, we, we spent many an hour climbing that tree, and many uh, Sunday school and Bible school teachers spent many an hour trying to get us down out of that tree. But that was a very important place in our lives. I, I went to kindergarten there, went to Sunday school, went to Bible school. My cub pack was based out of Wesley. Uh, that's where I joined the church. The pastor who did my confirmation was John Ash. And John became my first district superintendent when I came back into the ministry. And then we served together in Laurel, and he became a very dear friend once again and a good mentor when I was a young minister. So there's a lot of that love and nostalgia has carried over to St. Matthew's. And I feel a very special connection here. Now, I have been back before. When Bill McAlilly was here, we swapped out one time. He was here, I was in New Albany, so we swapped out one Christmas Sunday so that uh, we could spend more time with our families. And... Uh, then I performed the wedding here for my niece, uh, Lindsay Mitchell, now McShay. And I hesitate to tell you that only because now you'll make the connection that Greg Mitchell is my brother-in-law. We see which ones know Greg now. All right. And while I was the East Jackson superintendent, we attended here regularly, and Lisa played in the bell choir. She's going to come to the 11 o'clock service. And we'd drop in for Wednesday night dinner, and I preached here once and twice and had some very spirited meetings with the Staff Parish Relations Committee, as I remember. But there are a lot of reasons that I'm honored that Andy asked me to come and preach here today. But I, I want us to dig deep as we connect these things to our scripture lesson today because, as we said, everyone comes from somewhere. I come from Jackson, born in the old Baptist hospital that is now torn down. 
I was raised on Liberty Hill Road and then Ashley Drive. Uh, graduated from Callaway High School. Uh, attended Wesley United Methodist, then Christ United Methodist Churches. Since leaving Jackson, I've picked up four degrees, a wife, two daughters, two sons-in-law, one granddaughter. Counting my student days, I've worked in eight different churches over the years. I survived being a district superintendent, including one year when I was the superintendent of two different districts, at the same time covering 200 churches, supervising almost 200 pastors. That's an amazing task. Then a few weeks ago, I retired after 37 years in the ministry. 37 years under appointment in the United Methodist Church. And the funny thing is, this is the fourth Sunday since I've retired, and I've now preached on three of those Sundays. I'm not sure if I have this retirement thing down yet. But here I am, back where I started in a matter of speaking. When Jesus went home to preach, it started off well. We don't know how long he had been away, but it seems that most of his ministry so far had been over around the Sea of Galilee. Not too far away, only about 15 and 20 miles, but that could be a long way in those days. Maybe the people had heard about what he had been doing over there in Capernaum and the other places. Maybe they wondered whatever happened to him. But it appears to have been some interest in his coming home. There must have been a good crowd when he came to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Luke's gospel tells us that he preached from the prophet Isaiah, choosing the text. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And everyone said, ooh, and ah, and doesn't he read so well? But then he went on to say, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, which is where things went downhill. His words had power to them, but all the people could think was, where did he get this? We know him. We know his family. Basically, they were thinking, basically they were saying, who does he think he is? And so the scripture tells us they couldn't hear him. And he couldn't accomplish very much among them. It was here that Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, among his relatives in his own home. The story starts off saying, The people were amazed at Jesus. But it ends with this verse. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Don't worry, I'm not here to comment on anybody's lack of faith, but I do want to bring out some lessons we can learn from this story. Sometimes it's hard to see beyond the, Well, I knew them back when or the who do they think they are we know exactly where they came from when you've known someone since they were a child maybe you babysat them maybe you changed their diapers when you've been challenged by teaching them in Sunday school or challenged trying to get them out of the magnolia tree when you've watched them go through their teenage years where they were either trying to make a statement or find themselves sometimes it's easy to think you know somebody a little too well and to genuinely wonder if God could do anything with them because you're pretty sure that you didn't do anything useful with them at all but then we have to remember that everyone every preacher even Jesus came from somewhere a hometown a community and we have to realize that why God is the one who calls these preachers a community formed them they we 
We're all running those kids at some point in time. They, we, had some adventures, had some mishaps along the way. And the thing is, those kids, those mischief makers and near delinquents, are the raw material that God can take and mold into preachers or teachers or other leaders. God can do a lot of things. God can do something with all of them. And we, as a family, as a church, as a community, must never forget the fact that, that God can use us to reach them. They all come from someplace. Some of them come from here. And no matter how much God calls them, it's these local churches that prepare the ground for these people to hear God's call. So when you're teaching a Sunday school lesson to a bunch of bored seventh graders, it may not seem like much is getting accomplished that very day. Now, it's possible that they might be hearing the lesson and they might be responding it, or they might be hearing the words and kind of storing them back for another day, not really thinking about them now, but maybe having those words that they could pull out on another day when, when they're needed and can be appreciated. But most likely, the words are going to be forgotten. But the time spent, the presence, the attitude, the caring will be much more powerful in the long run and have a much more lasting impact. And that's why we want to take very careful time and special effort with our young people. There are a lot of ways this can play out, but I want to call two to your attention. First, we don't want to be too quick to judge young people by their appearances. They do look and dress in certain ways, either to fit in or to stand out or just to hack off the old, older generation. They may be doing all three at the same time. And while appearance is part of the package, that's not all there is to them. When I was a district superintendent, I would have to meet with SBRCs and explain to them that their, one of their roles is to meet with the brand new people who, the first time they say, I want to be a pastor. The first official committee they meet with is a staff parish committee of a church. And as I was teaching committees how to deal with this, I told them about my own story, that, about my home church and how I came to them when I was 19 years old. And if you had looked at me at 19, preacher is not the first word that comes to your mind. Scruffy might come to your mind, but preacher was not the first word. But fortunately, that SPRC took the time to hear me, to assess my faith, to hear of my call. They were able to see beyond the surface of what I was 40 years ago, and they were also able to see the potential of what might be 40 years down the road. That's an important thing to remember. The second thing is to remember the value of time and the value of presence. The theme of our last annual conference was apprenticeship. And it's the idea that we learn how to be Christians by walking and working alongside other Christians. And that's true. That's how Christians are made. So never forget that it's not just doing stuff for the young people. It is doing stuff with the young people. And you never retire from doing that. We had a man pass away two years ago. He was 93 years old and had been teaching the seventh grade Sunday school class for over 60 years. You didn't have to retire. 
He didn't retire. He had that spirit. He had that love. He had that patience. We haven't been able to find anyone who can replace him yet. That's, that's the sad thing. But whether or not you have time to go on an MYF trip or teach a class, these young people are around you. They see you all the time. You are a presence in their lives. And so how you speak to them, how you hold yourself, how they see you treat each other, that is an important part of the lesson. It's not just doing stuff for the young people. It's doing stuff with the young people, getting the young people involved alongside the adults in the worship, uh, working side by side on a mission project. Sometimes it is teaching the seventh grade Sunday school class, but that time spent being an adult, being a witness, being a Christian with them is as valuable as any particular lesson or any MYF program. Everybody comes from somewhere. And I am so thankful to have come, at least in part, from this place, from this congregation. As we share this holy meal today one more time, please remember that you, as individuals and as a community of faith, are a place from which these children will come one day. And that your love and that your witness will play an important role in preparing them for the challenges and the callings that God is going to place before them. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the churches from which we have all come. We thank you for the people who taught our Sunday school classes and who were patient with us at Bible school. We thank you for the people who are our role models, our mentors. We thank you for our parents. Help us to be those witnesses to a new generation. Help us to know that our life of faith can tell the story for another person. Be with us as we go out into your future. Be with us as we share this meal. For we go forward in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Jesus.